Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Applications are now open for the Canadian Export Challenge, CXC 2020, presented in partnership with UPS, the Trade Commissioner Service, and Export Development Canada, along with MasterCard and Scotiabank, and powered by Google Canada, is the first nationwide fully digital pitch competition for Canadian exporters. This year, the Canadian Export Challenge will be accepting all first-round pitches through online video submissions. Don't miss your chance to pitch for up to $25,000 cash and up to $100,000 in support. What are you waiting for? Submit your pitch video now. The free events are open to attend for all Canadian entrepreneurs and anyone interested in learning more about the Canadian export ecosystem. Register at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and change makers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement, and we'll share their first-person adventure stories and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to this show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of the Chef Group and the founder of the Startup Canada podcast, our first host for two and a half years and 250 shows. Rivers has an MBA. He's an award-winning serial entrepreneur, a speaker, an entrepreneurial thought leader, and the author of The 13 Fears of Entrepreneurs 
and the creator of the Rockstar Mastermind Group. He's received numerous business awards, including Business Person of the Year, Canada's Hottest Startup, and Canada's Fastest Growing Companies List through Profit Magazine. And recently, he won the Startup Canada Champion Award, and I can't imagine a better recipient of that. Rivers is a founding member of the Startup Canada of Startup Canada and former host of the Startup Canada podcast show. Most recently, he joined the Opportunities New Brunswick team as the first entrepreneur in residence hired by any government in Canada. Welcome to the show, Rivers, or should I say welcome back? <laughs> Thanks, Rick. It's a real thrill to uh, to be here with you. And, and I got to say, before we get started, you know, when you relinquish kind of your baby and you want somebody else to... Somebody else is going to take over, and you don't know who's going to adopt your baby. When I heard it was you, dude, I was beyond over the moon. I'm so thrilled that you're uh, you're taking the reins to the next level. So congratulations to you, and, and thanks again for allowing me to be on your show today. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, I really want to uh, recognize and celebrate uh, all the work you did. Uh, I listened to... I. I I think it was when you, when you took over the Startup Canada podcast was actually when I started listening to podcasts. Before that, I, oh, thought, yeah. I thought they were a waste of time, but I love the way you got, <laughs> got got things out of people and you made it a conversation and not an interrogation. So hopefully I will uh, live up to your standard. Uh, we, we'll see about next level. Um, but but, but uh, you, you know, you, you, you helped put Startup Canada on the map with this podcast. Do Let's just talk about that for a minute before we get into your business and your story. Um, to, tell me, did you, do, you, do you remember any of those 250 shows? Do you remember yeah. uh, any any favorites? Well, you know, I think that's, that's, well, that's two questions, but I'm going to answer both of them. The first one I remember is that uh, the first guy I interviewed was Ryan Holmes, who's, uh, for those of you that know and those of you that don't, uh, he is the founder and CEO of Hootsuite, which is based out of Vancouver. And oh my gosh, I was so nervous, and I had the script, and and uh, he came on. And he was a great gentleman, but but at that level, you know, you get the assistant who talks to the assistant of Mr. Holmes, who brings Mr. Holmes in when we're ready to speak. So it was very structured that way, versus you know guys like you and I would just show up. We don't have assistants. And so uh, he was really, uh, it was a great conversation with him. And uh, I remembered later I interviewed the woman who actually organized it. And uh, she says, Rivers, I remember you were you were so nervous when you were doing that first interview with Ryan. I said, Oh my gosh, it was that obvious. So so that was a good one. You know, I've uh, I've had some uh, great great conversations with people who I, I always try to get the question asked that no one else asks. And I, you know, I'm a firm believer that you win the game of business when you zag, when everybody else zigs. So a lot of my interviews, I'm really trying to dig into things that uh, that that might not be obvious as part of the questions. For example, uh, Victoria Lennox, or, uh, the founder, co-founder of Startup Canada, you know, she got to see the Queen. She was invited to a special audience with the Queen. And, you know, everybody would have gone, oh, well, tell me about that. No, I said, tell me about what was the process you took when it came to uh, buying the handbag you were going to use and she <laughs> said i've never been asked that and uh, and so that's the types of questions that i really enjoyed asking and i got to tell you that when, when i get asked that question about the one i enjoyed the most um what comes to my mind all the time was the guy ryan smokeland who uh, who, who started smokes putinery uh, who was just on a trajectory of great great business growth Base, uh, amazing business um, success internationally, 
very quickly, but also, you know, a very humbled guy. You know, he talks about hanging out with his twin boys as part of the conversation and how he's giving back to the communities and how he engages franchises. So it was a real, it was a real good full circle of life conversation with him with a very successful, kind, giving individual, but could also keep up to, with me with, uh, with, with the type of uh, excitement that I usually, uh, loudness and so on. It was a, it was a loud fight. That's for sure and with a few f-bombs thrown in there and i kind of i kind of okay with that sometimes but uh i think that 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 whole journey of him was oh my gosh i don't want to um i don't want to put down and i will give honorable mention to uh, george trompolopoulos uh interviewed him and i remember i was told you have a half an hour with george he's so the, the cbc of- guy yeah, CBC. TV guy, TV guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the CBC TV guy. You know, the hockey night in Canada guy. And he, uh, and I was told very, he was at a half an hour. So he comes on, and then 29 minutes after, I said, "Mr. Strapolatos, I look, you've been awesome. I appreciate you've had a half an hour." He says, "Oh no, I got lots of time. Let's keep it going." And that was a real testament to me about uh, how I was able to engage audience in that, and again, why I'm thrilled you're able to do that because I'm sure we'll get into our story, but uh, you've always been able to engage me at very high and intellectual levels. So uh, it's uh, that, those are just some, some quick memories of the podcast, but they're, they're all great stories. They really are. They really all are amazing, amazing stories of entrepreneurs at all levels from across Canada and sometimes into Israel and, and the UK and so on. So it's, it's all good. Right. So the, 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 the sad news is that you're not doing the podcast anymore, but the good news is, that all the no wait for it the good news okay. is is that all of those shows are still available at Startup Canada on the podcast page and you can listen to them anytime and uh, entrepreneur interviews are different from news interviews because we're talking about people and we're talking about business opportunities and we're talking about uh, tips and hacks and stories and lessons. And none of those go out of style. No. And, you know, 30 years from now, if anyone still listens to podcasts, um, you could listen to those to, to those shows and and take something away from it about human nature, about inspiration, about about how to find and tap business opportunities. So uh, they're, they're still worth listening to. So everyone make sure that after this one's over, you go back and hear the man and the master himself uh, in his element doing what you don't have to listen to all 250 shows at once. Take a, take a full week to do that. Uh, you're awesome. So uh, I want to talk a bit about you and me. For a minute, because yeah. you and I go back a long way. Before there was a startup Canada, there was a growth yep. camp, and yes. I was I was the editor and publisher at Profit Magazine in Toronto, and you were a new startup entrepreneur in uh, in, in Fredericton, and mm-hmm. you I guess you were you you were an avid reader of Profit Magazine, and I understand you even got the idea for the chef mm-hmm. group from Profit. Mm-hmm. So remind me of that story. Yeah, it's it's all true, and this is why I love the, the full circle coming away because uh, you know high on Mount Olympus was the god Rick Spence, who I aspired to even even know, let alone speak okay, to. Okay, okay, let's tone it down just a bit, okay? 
<laughs> but no, seriously, I was a big fan of Profit Magazine, which was the only uh, magazine specifically focused in on Entrepreneurs for Canada. It was published by you and uh, and your team, and and yeah, there was a article in there written uh, by a woman who said, you know, it was all about business ideas in the, the coming year or the coming two years, and and she had indicated, you know, we get maids to come into our house talking about about Molly made to clean our house to help busy moms out, yet moms are dealing with these guilt treatment about feeding their family. And she said, wouldn't it be great if we uh, we could have chefs come into our homes, and this is before the personal chef world really started to take off, and make meals for us. And uh, you know, put them in our freezer and so on, versus going to the grocery store and getting the, the junk full of salt and so on. And so I thought that was a great idea. I just thought it was so unique. And you know, I've always been driven by a unique different ideas and what particularly intrigued me about that idea was uh, was not that I enjoyed cooking because I absolutely hate cooking but, but it was that I loved the idea and my uh, good friend of mine at the time was the head chef at, at UNB and uh, he could be the chef and I could be I could be as I've come to call myself the chef pimp and uh, we could go and do our stuff and uh, and that's how it all started and she even actually suggested the name rent a chef as part of the name which we adopted and why it changed to the, the chef group is because the Sobeys, which is the second largest grocer in Canada, um, we ended up having a contract with them, which still is going 20 years later, where we provide them with the chefs to do their cooking classes. And they didn't like the whole concept of being renting a chef. They wanted more of a corporate entity. So when when the, your number one company who's paying you six figures a year says they'd like you to change the name, well, it was pretty easy. But uh, that's how the whole concept started in my love affair with profit magazine and yeah there was growth camp and it was but it was it was it was actually not a growth camp if i remember rick it was the two it was the profit uh hottest startups list and you this is it's coming back to me it was the hottest startups and and you had to be on the list to get invited to go to okay this um, no, it, rivers it's my turn to tell this story because okay. so yeah. I'm okay. up there on Mount Olympus in my office at yes. Profit Magazine at, at Rogers, <laughs> and uh, we we it, it's the last good years of the magazine business, and we had uh, uh, sold a major sponsorship for an event, and we decided to build it around this new list we had done. Profit had always done a list of Canada's fastest growing companies, but you had to have been around for six years to have the five-year track record required to be in that list. But we felt this is 1999 or something. And uh, yes. we thought that there had to be a new list because things were happening so fast in business now. These new things called startups were cropping up and making real impact <laughs> in, just a, in just a couple of years. And we thought the Profit 100 list, six years, that's history. We, we got to get this, di this new dynamic and so we came up with a list that we called Canada's uh, Hottest Startups. Later, it became the the, the, the Growth 50 uh, at Profit Magazine before that magazine yeah. died. Um, but it actually lives on as a project. Uh, it, it, after Profit Magazine died about six years ago, it, it, it migrated over to Canadian business. And now it's it's still being conducted by, by McLean's. So you can still mm. apply for, for, the, for those lists uh, through McLean's Magazine now. So it's still around. 
So and the only part of magazine uh, of the magazine that is still around. So we decided to have this event. We had a budget for event an event. So we decided to invite all the people on that list to come for a weekend at at at, at a very rough. To call it a resort would be a a, a, a little much. Uh, at 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 at, at uh, it was an Ontario Hydro. Uh, conference center in the the woods just north of Toronto near Hockley Valley and and so we had three days there was golf for the first day and then there was a a, 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 an evening and then a a day and a half of sessions and seminars and speakers and panels and stunts and uh and, and and we loved it we thought it was a great idea we had never done anything like that before and then to to promote it, we decided it would it would it was invite only, as you mentioned, to the companies on that list. I think we had forty six of those fifty companies attend. But we decided to auction off one seat at Growth Camp to someone, yeah. and and we don't and we would donate the 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 proceeds to Junior Achievement, which is a great entrepreneurial yeah. cause. And uh, so the guy who came in and. Uh, I don't even remember how the auction worked now, <laughs> but <laughs> I, but we had some sort of auction software, I think. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was all and, online. It was and all online. The winner was this guy we'd never heard of in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett, and uh, so 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 you paid what seven or eight hundred dollars to attend. Yep. Yep. And uh, and then you had to fly yourself in because we weren't going to do yep. that. Uh, nope. We didn't. We didn't have the budget for that. And uh, you yep. fit in so well with the entrepreneurs. You were just one of them, and you were a, the life of the party. And it was great to meet you then. And and, and the uh, and and I think that says a lot about you and the depths you would go and the investment you're willing to make in order to to be successful, to hang with the people who you see as your peers, people you can learn from, people you can network with. And you were willing to do that. So I think that's pretty amazing. And the beautiful thing is that the following year, your chef's group had taken off so much that uh, chefs, that rent a chef or, or, or chef's, yep. chef's chef group, group. Um, chef group made it on the list of Canada's hottest startups on, on merit. So you were back again yep. the following year, and this time we paid yep. for you. So congratulations. That was, that was a, an epic adventure. Well, tell me, okay, so... so- he, everything Rick just said, ladies and gentlemen, is absolutely true. And I'm going to challenge him on, because his memory is so sharp, what number was I on the list? I have no idea. <laughs> Come on, take a guess. Out of 1 in 50 chance. Uh, 50. <laughs> no, because that would have been, uh, I wouldn't have been happy with that. Number 23. <laughs> I was number 23. <laughs> uh, that's unlike, the, it's unlike you to gravitate towards the middle. Yeah, well, I was happy it wasn't the end, that's for sure. But uh, it was a true story all around. And the one nugget that, uh, and I didn't expect you to remember this, is that there was a drawing for a 25-year-old boy, a McLaren Scotch. And uh, yours truly won McLaren Scotch, <clears throat> of which I hate Scotch, of course, like just as much, but as much as I hate to cook. <clears throat> and here's what I did. I took that bottle of Scotch back to the team, <clears throat> and I said, okay, when we reach a million dollars in sales, we will open this McLaren's bottle. And that was two years later. We reached a million, no word of a lie, a million 
A million dollars, million six thousand dollars. We just made it by six thousand dollars. True story and all legitimate. And so, yeah, it continues on. And of course, our friendship has been strong and getting stronger every time, uh, every every year as we go forward. So now you can see, folks, why I'm just thrilled to have Rick because he has been a, an idol of mine for many years. And and all that blowing apart, he's he's a he's a great 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 guy to hand this over to him. Just couldn't be happier. It's been quite a journey, Rivers. Uh, you've had a lot of adventures on the way. You want to just sort of catch us up fairly briefly on what you've been doing since then. The chef group has been continuous, but you've been doing a lot of other things. And we didn't yeah. even mention relish. Yeah, well, that's 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 right. You know, I'm 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 your typical entrepreneur. Um, you know, squirrels I chase them all the time, and um, you know when I and 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 I love them. I love the I love the journey of business. I love the experience of business. I believe that entrepreneurs are the most important people in society, just below moms. And you know, life is uh, life is full of great adventures with entrepreneurship, and it has been with me. So so yeah, from uh, from a work perspective, you know. I've been the entrepreneur in residence for the province of New Brunswick, also for the University of New Brunswick for a couple of years. Got to really impact some cool things that uh, and some cool entrepreneurs, and some of them, you know, are are doing great things now. So that's you know that's the proverbial ah these children are really doing well as they've grown up and apart from me. So I've done that. Um, yeah, the, with regards to a, uh, you mentioned relish gourmet burgers. Uh, had a, a very unfortunate circumstance happen with uh, the chef group along the way um, I'm I'm not um, I'm not ad- adverse to having bad things happen in my life as an entrepreneur my business partner embezzled on me uh, I had to go through all that experience found a new business partner um, in chefing and we started a gourmet burger business and uh, of all things of course because we keep going with culinary even though I hate the cook and we started. We grew that business in seven years. We had we had that business going for over seven to eight years. We had locations right across the country. Uh, I think we had twelve or thirteen at its height. Uh, it was a going concern. And you know, one of the lessons that Relish really really taught me, well, it didn't teach me, it reinforced to me, is that the brand and the way that you position yourself in the community, particularly in a very competitive world like like burgers, is so critically important. So, so we were, uh, you know, we was we like to always say we, we approached it from a Disney perspective. What would Disney do? Or is this a zag as we made decisions on how we how we operate externally to the building and the buildings and also internally when customers are there experiencing. And so, yeah, that was a great experience. It was a good, the bad and the ugly. We sold 70% of it to, uh, to a group of turkey. I mean, geez, Rick, you know, of course these banks, they all want these, well, show us your business plan. Okay, so in year seven, a group from Turkey is going to come in and they're going to give us a bunch of money to <laughs> Couldn't write the story, and then by the way, and then the Turkish government's going to get into trouble, so he guy can't get his money out anymore. But don't worry, <laughs> you know the story. Oh my continued. god! Oh, just just you couldn't write it. Anyway, that relish went down, um, and uh, the reason it went down is because of mismanagement to the next level uh, and lack of funds. And the, the lesson I learned there is that you know as as wonderful it is when people want to give you money, make sure the people who are giving you the money are the people you want to hang out with long term. It was it was hell 
after those guys took over. It was utter hell from a psychological perspective of how they manage people, manage the process, and, and so on. So, so yeah, from there. So, so to uh, be clear, to, to be clear, so, so you were no longer the boss at this point when right. the mismanagement started happening. Yeah, I was no longer the boss, and Chef Ray, who was my business partner, wasn't either. These other guys that had control, which was fine. We had a direction, and it's just uh, human dynamics took over, and and unfortunately, unfortunately, the bank called me because they're over in Turkey and said uh, 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 there's been a court case against you in Vancouver, and the bank your bank account's frozen. So I had to go to the staff in Fredericton and tell them they had no longer had any jobs and. And let's let's go out in a bang. So I said, any money we make in selling burgers in the next twenty four hours, you guys can keep. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a big, there's a lot of fun for twenty four hours as uh, as we went on to the next stage and closed down the company. And anyway, if anybody really wants to know about that journey, please feel free to reach out to me. I I'd, I'd, I'd love to share with you the lessons learned from it. But yeah. uh, but but the I, one I, I gotta th- I gotta tell you though, I mean, you did make the best burgers I've ever had. They were, and 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 when you mentioned Disney, I guess you're referring to the showmanship. I mean, they were made right in front of the uh, the, the customers, so it it felt like a a working place, but also it was an open kitchen. It was transparent. There was such energy and passion. I I had burgers in both Fredericton and Halifax oh, yes. at various times. Uh, you know, checking it, checking out, supporting my friend, and yes. uh, it, yes, it was sir. just a delightful place to be. And I I remember bugging you about when are you going to come to Toronto and uh, yeah. I'm sorry we never quite made it but I never quite yeah. made but they you know Rick one of the one of the stories I love telling about relish is that it, it, because it's so competitive you had to find something little not big to necessarily make the big difference and for us it was the word relish and we use it as a verb, not a condiment. And we relish. So Rick would come into the restaurant and we'd say, um, welcome to relish. And everybody would yell it out. And it was a big theater. And then Rick would say, yeah, I want my, my uh, Cabo Diablo. And because all the burgers had names. And then and then we'd say, what's your name? And your burger was ready. And we'd say, we relish Rick. And everybody would go, Rick. The whole, the whole. <laughs> it's, and it was a great theater. It was wonderful theater. And, and so much to the point. You know, they, we would get the customer coming in, and, and we'd say, "Yes, sir. What's your name?" He said, uh, "Well, my name's my name's Bob, but uh, I don't want I don't, I don't want you to know." <laughs> and we say, "No problem at all." Burger was ready. We relish Bob, Bob, because <laughs> we wouldn't give up on the culture. The culture was our culture, and we were keeping it no matter what Bob wanted. Uh, he was in our house and he was going to live with our rules. And, you know, that just, of course, added to the fun and, and the folklore around Relish. It was a great, great journey. And to this day, I have still have celebrityhood status when people say, oh, my gosh, you started at Relish. I love that place. And you're right, because it wasn't the, how it went down. The customers didn't see it wasn't bad burgers. It wasn't bad ex- food experience. It wasn't bad uh, customer service. It was behind the scenes of growth through lack of money that took us ultimately down. Right. So, so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very sorry for uh, the, the things that happened that, that, that took it down. Um, what have you learned about how to make sure that doesn't happen again? Because frankly, uh, fraud and embezzlement and mismanagement and problems with transition of management, uh, those are perennial problems. And a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast are going to run into variations of those problems in yep. their lives. Is there any way to prepare yourself to insure yep. yourself against it? 
Yeah, well, I think I think you know the word insure is no, uh, but yes, minimize the risk. So here's one very, 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 very important um, 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 tactic you need to take. You know, when you go to the uh, you go to register your company with the government, they have a form that you have to register to put your name in place, and they say who's the president and who's the secretary. You know what I'm talking about when I say that? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So make sure you're always the president always the president because here's what here's what what happens is amongst all of that you know the embezzlement piece is that because i was the president of the company even though the two of us were equal partners i was able to fire my partner for cause if the roles had been reversed and he was the president and I was the secretary, even though we were both equal partners, I wouldn't have been able to do anything except maybe bring a lawyer in and go through that fight and so on. But I was able right. to fire him as an employee in that case because I was the president. So always be the, at least the president on paper, even though you might not necessarily you know, your share responsibilities. And he was a great chef. Uh, I was able to fire him. And then the other thing is, is that uh, he did not have an employee agreement. And so I didn't have to worry about anything with that. Now, he was still a shareholder, and I still had to deal with that issue, but I didn't have to deal with paying him his salary or anything after that because I had to fire him. Interesting, I had to fire him two days after I buried my father. Um, it was just a horrific, horrific journey, and he was coming back from Brazil or wherever he was and blah, blah, blah. So that's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is, is that is the piece about the, uh, it, you know, is about the partners. And I've really come to learn as I grow in my businesses, you know, you hear about the psychological tests, the, the whatever they're called, get them done. Get, have people get to know the strengths and weaknesses of the people who you're going to do business with as partners, understand their psychological backgrounds. It's, by the way, it's not to eliminate them, but it's so you can understand how they are motivated and what are some potential flaws in them working with you going forward. Because I mean, this guy who, who, uh, who ultimately embezzled, this is the guy that I, um, that I uh, had number three on the list for my kids at school. If, uh, wow. yeah, you know, it's, it was me, my wife, me, and then him, if the kids got in trouble, same thing with the partnerships, the, the, the guys from Turkey should have had them do some sort of a, a thing too, before we got into bed with them. You know, I, I always, uh, I always say we, we chose the third string quarterback because they had the money and, um, that's the, the wrong, wrong way to do it. So, so those are some important lessons as to how you minimize that. And here's the other thing that I think is part of the, the play uh, going forward, um, is that you take you take roles within your business and you give them to your partners and you let them own it. So in the chef business, Chef Ray owned operations. He made the decisions. Even though I was the president, he made the decisions. Now, I could override him at any time, but the respect was, no, you're going to make 99% of the decisions. If we had a conflict, I was able to override them, but you got to let, you can't as a president be micromanaging all these people and then they'll grow from that because they'll learn from their own mistakes as to how to get back to the company. So those are some, those are some nuggets going forward as to how you can, how you can minimize that risk of getting embezzled from or, or having partners do things they shouldn't have to do uh, going forward. Right. Now you mentioned getting, people to take personality tests something you're talking like a standard myers-briggs or yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that yeah 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 just yeah. something simple like that spend the 200 bucks 
just so you can walk into that. It's like you're walking into a blind date with a little bit of knowledge as to whether or not the date's going to end up with a kiss or a slap. And so it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's Myers-Briggs. Yeah, absolutely. That's the style. Just take as yeah. much information as you can before you start the relationship. I see a ton of entrepreneurs who are buddies who get into business without really understanding what that means long term. Right. Um, and as you were talking, I had this flashback to when I was in Fredericton with you years ago and, and, and Chef Ray was there. And I remember how you treated Chef Ray. And, and you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are sort of blasé about their partners and, and, and their team members, um, you know, just in everyday conversation. But I remember, man, you, you, you uh, played up that chef image for him. You treated him with incredible respect. You made sure that people knew that, you know, there was a, the, 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 the star, this key yep. uh, superstar team player in the room. And uh, I realized that that's part of your style. That's your way of honoring the talent that's helping you get where, you, where, where you're getting to get. Yeah, well, and, and thank you for noticing that. That was a pretty important play with me, and it still continues the strategy with the chef group, is that all of the chefs that I connect with are called chefs, even if they're, you know, they're not Red Seal, they're not, you know, I didn't go to the Culinary Institute of America. They are all chefs to me because, one, it is a science and an art, and they uh, do amazing work. The other thing is they like it. They like that that recognition. It's the, it's like being called Mr. Spence, Mr. Corbett. There's a certain sense of stature associated with it, and um, and it's boded well for for me. And here's the other part too, Rick. There's a lot of chefs I work with. I can't remember everybody's name, but they all love. <laughs> So it's chef, 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 and they all love it, man. <laughs> right. Rivers, let's get back into the contemporary era here and talk about what, what, what Shelf Group is up to now because it's still around, but it's still morphing and finding new ways to create value. And uh, I think you've got some big plans. I do. And uh, thanks for letting me do that, Rick. Yeah, the Chef Group has been primarily you know, a catering slash uh, uh, organization that looks after the cooking classes for Sobeys in Atlantic Canada. Uh, most of the revenue coming from, um, from uh, the Sobeys Group. And, you know, it's been one of those cash cows. It's been nice. It's paying me a little bit here and there. And I, I got kind of lazy with it. And uh, as I'm pursuing other squirrels, and, and recently the Sobeys organization gave me a bit of a scare and said, uh, you know, we're looking at changing our format and, and, uh, we're not, you know, we, it's not going to be the same and blah, blah. And I thought, Oh, great, here we go. It's over. And it wasn't over. It was just a bit of a pivot, but it really made me realize that I have too much eggs in one basket with regards to, uh, you know, a, one customer for one organization. And, uh, and along the fact also is that, you know, it's, and you would remember this, Rodney Dangerfield, you know, I get no respect. I wasn't given a lot of respect to, to the chef group and what it had given me and my family and what it can give. And so, so yeah, the chef group, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's an organization that is a talent agency, if you want to call it, for chefs, whether that comes to consultation, speaking, uh, cooking classes, um, or, you know, running uh, facilities. It really is that central spot where chefs can uh, can come to and get represented for these various gigs and so on. But where 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 the scare with the Sobeys group told me is that you know one one it made me think is that geez I've got this wonderful asset of all these chefs throughout Atlantic Canada. Um, you know how do I continue to use it? Because chefs are not business people. 
they they do what they do really well but like most entrepreneurs they're not business people and so you know as good as they are in, in food you know why do 80 percent of restaurants fail well because these people aren't business people and so I, I started to say how can i help them get what they need it will also help me get what i need and what chefs love to do is they love the notoriety they love the chef they love the, the the celebrity piece that goes with being a chef. They also, interesting enough, when it comes to doing things outside of restaurants and so on, they don't want to do big parties catering. They hate to do catering, but they love to teach. They love to inspire. They love to connect with an audience. And that's why the Sobeys classes have been going for 20 years with people that keep going and going and going. And so I said, kind of looking around, well, what organizations do a good job of, quote unquote, using someone else's inventory to promote value? And I thought of Airbnb and Uber. And so, uh, yeah, so we've, we're taking the chef group to the next level, which is bringing chefs into people's homes uh, and having them conduct live cooking class programs with the girlfriends, boyfriends, families or whatever, wine and so on or so on. But it, it's because of the heightened desire for people to learn how to cook. Let's bring the chef to them. Uh, home entertainment is really picking up. And, uh, you know, moms are want a little break. Uh, and so this, this is the model we've chosen uh, to play on tutorial, where it's a chef-torial. I want an interesting play on that, interesting story on that in a sec. But uh, we just launched, uh, in March 1st was the first date. By the time this airs, we'll, we'll be along. We're launching in Atlanta, Canada first. Uh, I've started to get chefs in Ontario that want to play a part in what it is we're doing. But imagine, you know, three years down the road, all throughout North America, there's chefs doing cooking classes in in, in people's homes, and they're all driving it through the chef-torial group. So uh, it's uh, – and that way, by the way, if one customer decides not to reorder – that's okay. I got ninety nine thousand <laughs> other ones that are going to buy. <laughs> that, that's a, so. Yeah, that's that's a great story because that that one customer trap. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of people who've fallen into it. It's so easy to do with that one customer. It becomes a machine, and yeah, you take your eye off the machine. And uh, if if anything, it, it it's great while it lasts, but nothing lasts yeah. forever. Uh, so well. it, it, it it sounds like you've got a, a great new plan. I w- I wish you could like with it, but it sounds it's it's still just it's still a talent agency for chefs, but uh, yeah. just more 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 types of gigs and a much bigger stage. Yep. Much bigger stage. You know, my, my, my accountant, uh, who's been with me a long time, he says, Rivers, you've always been successful when you've been the chef pimp. He <laughs> says, why do you get away from that? And he's so right. And, and because I'm a businessman, I don't get caught up into the tactical side of the, you know, the, the, the delivery of the product. I have chefs that are part of the team, but I don't, I drive it as a business because I'm not passionate about necessarily how the food all comes together. I'm passionate about the experience. I'm expansive. I'm, I'm passionate about the smiles. I'm passionate about the quality of the food, but I don't have to know how the Quats equals the whatever. I don't have to know that stuff because I got people around me. But I want to talk to you about that. If I could, Rick, just talk to you about that that name, Chef Torial, in the in the URL in the in the website. Um, I originally uh, was going to call it Cooktorial because as part of the play is we're going to bring in amateur cooks as part of this uh. also. 
and uh, which of course there's millions of them out there, you know, the wannabes. But so I went on and cooktorial.com was available for $2,800. And I said, oh, crap. And I said, no way in the world Cheftorial is going to be available. Ding, ding, ding. $11. Cheftorial wow. was .com, but cooktorial wasn't. And so a lesson to the audience, don't, don't assume something's not going to be available because now I own Cheftorial and it's, it's you know, we're going to, the, word, the wording's going to be, um, the wording is going to be centered around, Hey, you know, how'd you enjoy your chef tutorial? You want to come over for a chef tutorial? We're really going to Google-fy that word. Yeah. It's domain, be fun. domain name, uh, planning is pretty interesting. Um, presumably you've bought up, uh, the, the chef tutorial.ca's and other versions of it. Would you consider buying up cooktorial just to keep it out of someone else's hands? Yeah. So, so here's my play on that. Um, is I don't think you're ever going to take keep keep cooktorial or anything out of somebody else's hand. Just like cheftorial, they say, well, should you get cheftorial.ca, .tv, .by, .net, and so on. You know, ultimately, the granddaddy of them all is uh, .com, and there's Maple Street, there's Maple Road, there's Maple Lane. You know, society soon figures that out, and so I say if I'll, I'll never be able to own it all. It really then comes down to uh, how you ultimately position yourself in the market. But to start off, .com is definitely the granddaddy. So I'm, I'm happy with what I got. I'm not going to chase the other right. ones. Okay. Um, let me ask you, how, how do you roll out a concept like this across North America? This sounds like a big investment to, to, to grow to that, to that level. Yeah. So um, here's what I know. So it, there's various pieces to the pie. I always say that you know, all business is is simply an engine and a car, and you just got to put all the pieces together. So, so the two main pieces are, um, are, uh, are the chefs themselves, and then the second piece is the, uh, the marketing. Um, well, there are over 2 million chefs on LinkedIn in, um, on, in North America. And I just been, just been, Hey chef, you're awesome. I think it's really cool what you're doing. I wanted, wanted to offer you an opportunity to be part of our freelance team called chef Torial. So I'm just sending invites, 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 invites. There's a process they go through to be qualified by us. And then we put them on our website. The next piece, though, is the biggest piece, and it's, and it's the how do you get the word out? What's the marketing piece out? So, you know, social media is going to be a play. Um, but then I revert back to our old and golden days with Rent-A-Chef. We just started off by giving away free events and letting the locals tell the story, let the media tell the story, and that's uh, that's how we're going to start to create momentum. And the other one is is that I just before our interview this morning, I, I said I'm going to study how did Airbnb start, how did they get the word out, how did Uber get the word out. So I'm going to lean on right. the experts in the past because they all started in the same way, inventory with a concept that was kind of cool. And uh, how do you get the word out that, that what you're doing and you have people, in my opinion, experience it and, and then tell their friends who tell their friends and that's how it grows. So, but that's, it's, it's actually, it's, but it's, it's, it's easier said than done to keep all the pieces moving together. And this is where, you know, people go, oh, well, I, I could go do that. Well, good luck because these are chefs also. 
and they have very particular personalities. And I've got 20 years experience in my team on how to handle, motivate, grow with chefs and keep them motivated into an area that, uh, that I wanted them to. So, um, and, and so that's, that's are the two elements, chefs and marketing, chefs and marketing. And right now we've launched, if you go on there, cheftorial.com, um, by the time you watch this, should it be about 30 chefs. We're in Atlanta, Canada, heading to Ontario, and then we're uh, down into New England. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go further west. I'm going to continue down to New England because that's nestled into my area geographically where I know and can, can really talk the dialogue of the locals because I, I know those people better than I do. You crazy folks are from BC living in mountains <laughs> <laughs> and I love you. I love you. I love you. But uh, anyway, that's, uh, we, we, we all love you British Columbia. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Rivers, I thought we were just going to have fun on this podcast, but it turns out we actually did a lot of work. I mean, we talked about um, <laughs> how to build a brand and 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 how to, asking yourself what would Disney do. We talked about investing in yourself. Yeah. We talked about ways to 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 to, to head off uh, potential legal or financial issues. Uh, we talked about treating people with respect, and we, we we talked about how to stand out in a crowded marketplace. So uh, I think I I I I, I think. We did a pretty good job today. Who we knew? We did. <laughs> I know. And there was no beer involved. Imagine if we had beer involved, like the last time we were together and had a good time. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean there's no beer involved? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Last last question. Then we have to bow out because our uh, listeners have to uh, head out and, and, and get back into their lives and Im- implement some of these ideas. What's one your best tip, the best, the best actionable piece of advice that you could offer Canadian entrepreneurs today? Yeah, it's a, it's an excellent question. And uh, without any hesitation, you win the game of business when you zag when everybody else zigs. You've got to find that unique position in the marketplace that is yours, that you can claim as yours and build upon. And it doesn't have to be insurmountable. It can be simply a ma- something as simple as a word that you say, we relish, we relish Rick. But you z- I've always won in business when I've zagged, when everybody else zigged. When I've tried to be like everybody else and you know bust through with the rest of them, I've always struggled. You zag when everybody else zigs. And so ask yourself the question, is this a zag? Is this a zag? So it's a Disney question, but we just call it zag. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Rivers, it's been great catching up with you. Uh, we, 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 we're, we're really excited about uh, your new adventure, so we hope we'll, we'll, we'll get you back on, on the show again soon and, and talk about how, how this is all uh, developing because uh, you're, cool. you're, you're, you're a Canadian treasure and we, we, we want you to know <laughs> how much appreciated and respected you are. That's Rivers Corbett, the founder and CEO of Chef Group, and this is Rick Spence on the Startup Canada Radio Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and our upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. Sometimes I show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.